Hello everyone, welcome to the third entry in the Metal Diary. Today I'll be going over what I've been listening to for the past week. Um, I'll be reviewing somewhat the uh, Metal albums that I've been listening to. Uh, I'll also be mentioning uh, the other genres of music that I've been listening to, although I won't be getting into them as much. I'll just be saying whether I like it or not. Um, this week honestly was more of a slow week for me. I didn't really listen to a ton of music because I had some stuff going on. And, um, even then most, uh, well, uh, a good part of what I listened to was just, uh, re-listening to some stuff I already mentioned on the podcast. So, uh, this might be a shorter episode. I don't know. Um, like last episodes were like, what, 30 minutes. This episode might be a 20 or even maybe 15. I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's just get right into it. I don't have any news for this week, so, uh, yeah, let's go. First, I listened to Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. So, uh, of course, Judas Priest, uh, British heavy metal legends, uh, one of the pioneers of heavy, of heavy metal, uh, first, uh, established in the 70s. Uh, so I listened to what is uh, considered by many to be the greatest Judas Priest album, Defenders of the Faith, uh, released in 1983, so about ten years after, uh, nine years after their first album, Rockerola. Um, so what I thought about it, the vocals were really, really good, as always. Uh, Rob Halford is an amazing vocalist. His range is very, uh, very wide. He can... Uh, can sing in a, in a variety of different tones and uh and styles etc um it has really good solos as well but um i enjoyed screaming for vengeance much more than this album i'm not sure why i think screaming for vengeance had much catchier tunes than uh, defenders of the faith did um but uh yeah that is uh, defenders of the faith and uh, then i listened to 19 19- 90s, sorry, 1990s Painkiller uh, by Judas Priest, again. Um, so uh, the starting track, in my opinion, the title track, uh, the first track, Painkiller, has, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest metal riffs. It's uh, it's just so energetic, and uh, yeah, I, I just liked it a lot. And uh, just the album in itself has really good riffs in general. Um I think uh, this album is probably one of my favorite, is probably one of, if not my favorite Judas Priest album so far, uh, from when I've listened to them. Uh, it's very energetic. It, it has tons of energy, which is probably why I enjoy it. I enjoy more uh, extreme uh, types of metal. Um, the The songs are almost thrash metal at some moments, which I really enjoyed. And uh, the solos are also great. I mean, it's through this priest, so the solos are bound to be great. Then I listened to Starbomb's The Triforce, which is uh, their latest album released this year. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's their last as well, so that kind of sucks. But yeah, I liked it. It's, uh, it's very funny. Uh, the boys are always uh, very funny with uh, their video game-related music. Um, so then I listened to Motorhead Sacrifice. So, of course, Motorhead, uh, British... Uh, heavy metal band pioneers of heavy metal along with uh, Black Sabbath I would say I would say they're one of the most important heavy metal bands and uh, kind of sucks that Lemmy died a few years ago I think it was four years ago it's kind of sucks that he died rest in peace um, so Sacrifice in my opinion is um, 
is a really, really good album. It's almost thrash metal at some points. And like I said, I really enjoy more extreme types of metal, like especially thrash. Um, it doesn't have any solos because most of the focus is placed on Lemmy's voice, which is a, usually what happens with uh, Motorhead albums uh, because Lemmy's voice is just so remarkable that um, it just kind of overshadows everything. And even then, like, you know, it would, sorry, doesn't really need any solos. Um, the vo- the vocals are great. Uh, I think that the vocals fit very well with the tone of the album, which is a much more intense tone, I would say. Uh, of course, Lemmy's voice is amazing uh, whenever he does anything. Um, the tracks are really catchy. Um, I-, I thought that this was the most catchy uh, Motorhead album, although, like I said, it's probably because I enjoy more extreme types of music, and this album is considered to me their more uh, their most intense uh, metal album, uh, or well, album in general. Sorry. And uh, one complaint I have is that it ends a bit too quick, and I don't mean that in the sense like, oh, I wish it would have gone longer. No, I just, I just think it. Um, I think it just ends too abruptly, uh, but that's just me. And uh, yeah, so that is Motorhead's Sacrifice. Then I listened to Slipknot's debut album, uh, self-titled Slipknot, uh, released in 1999. Uh, Slipknot, of course, very infamous uh, new metal band uh, from the United States, from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Um, So I didn't really enjoy this album. I'm not sure why, though. Um, So what I... So... It's new metal, right? So, look, whether new metal belongs on this podcast or not, uh, it's undoubted. Like at least this album is undoubtedly metal. It has lots of uh, metal parts. It's sometimes very thrash metalish, maybe even death metalish. Uh, but that's just me, though. That's just what I think. But I think it belongs in this podcast. Um, so yeah, new metal. Uh, I feel like this album. Or, or at least Slipknot in general tends to go more towards the metal part than the new part, unlike Korn. I feel like Korn leans much more towards the hip-hop part, uh, the new part, than the metal part. Although um, I really enjoyed Corey Taylor's rapping uh, and his singing in general. I think he's uh, very good, in, especially in tracks like Spit It Out. Uh, Spit It Out is a great track, of course, and um, the rest were great as well, but like I said, I, I didn't really like it. Maybe it's just the kind of music that I didn't really like. But um, I'm really not sure. So uh, I'll have to check out some more Slipknot eventually. I heard that Iowa is a great album. Uh, I, th- I heard that it's their best. So I'll check it out um, probably uh, next week. So uh, yeah. And uh, so that was Slipknot, self-titled. And uh, then I listened to King Crimson's In the Court of the Crimson King. Of course, a prog rock classic. Uh, really, 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 really loved it. Really uh, do recommend it. Now that it's on Spotify, much easier to uh, access than before. Then I listened to Black Sabbath's Paranoid, uh, which I already talked about in this podcast. Just, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it's a masterpiece. Um, then I listened to Incantations, Mortal Throne of Nazarene, which I have already talked about again. Um, but I feel like this time it, I don't know if it's because I listened to Diabolical Conquest before, but this time it felt much better to me. It felt much fresher, much, um, 
much more fleshed out than I thought before. Uh, and also before I listened to it without really uh, focusing on it. I was, I was in French class, so I wasn't really, uh, I had it more as a background noise. But now that I listened to it, I really, really liked it. Uh, surprisingly, I don't like it as much as Diabolical Conquest, though, but I really do like it. Um, the rest are great. It's uh, very intense. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Then I listened to Heavy Loads, Death or Glory. Uh, a bit of a more underground, uh, less well-known uh, band slash album. Uh, so this album was released in 1982 um, in uh, from Sweden. Uh, has uh, for the most part, I thought it was pretty standard 80s heavy metal. Didn't really, I didn't really think it was anything special. Although it has some good vocals and some great solos, I don't really know what to say about it. It's, to me, at least, just pretty standard 80s heavy metal, which is fine, but I kind of expected more. But hey, that's just me. And uh, so, yeah, then I listened to Accept, uh, Restless and Wild. Uh, Accept, a uh, very popular uh, heavy metal band from the 80s, uh, This al- from Germany. Uh, this album was released in 1982. And uh, I loved this album. This album was much better, in my opinion, than Death of Glory. Um, And one of my favorite parts of the album is the intro track to the first song, Fast Like a Shark or something. I think it's called that. But it's just the the intro to that track is so good. And uh, I don't know why more bands don't do the same. the vocals are a mix of Lemmy from Motorhead and King Diamond from Merciful Faith. So it goes high, low, but when it goes low, it goes like Lemmy, and when it goes high, it goes like King Diamond, which I found really interesting. And uh, the instrumentals are great. So uh, yeah, that's what I have to say for Accepts, Restless, and Wild. Then I listened to Immolation's Dawn of Possession, which I have, uh, again, already talked about on this podcast. Um, it's fine. Uh, well, I mean, not fine, but it's not as good as some other stuff I listened to. It was actually really good, but uh, again, I already talked about it. I think it's uh, pretty forgettable. Death Metal, that's just me, though. Then I listened to uh, probably what is one of my favorite uh, metal albums, uh, Autopsy's Mental Funeral, which, again, I have already talked about, but just it's just so good. Like Just the combination of the Doom aspect and the death metal just fits so well. Um, it's so sinister and creepy. I just, I, I love it so much. It's it's such a good album. I recommend everyone to go listen to it. And it's um, it's a pretty good gateway to death metal, be- especially because it's so slow. And uh, yeah, so that was Autopsy's Mental Funeral. And uh, then I listened to Iron Maiden Somewhere in Time, which um, I didn't really like when I first listened to it, maybe three or four months ago, I listened to it, and uh, I didn't really like it. I thought it was actually one of the one of Iron Maiden's weakest albums. But uh, now that I listen to it, uh, of course, Iron Maiden, I think we all know who Iron Maiden is, UK, heavy metal pioneers, uh, I think one of the most well-known heavy metal bands of all time. Uh, Somewhere in Time was released in 1986. Um, So I feel like 
this album grows on you in some sense because this was my second listen, right? And um, I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, I, what I don't like, however, is the use of synths. I feel like they use too many synths, although that's just me. Uh, for the most part, the instrumentals were really good, as always. And, uh, I mean, Bruce Dickinson's voice is just just magical, uh, as it is always. So, uh, yeah, that was Iron Maiden's Somewhere in Time. And uh, then I listened to a Beatles album. I'm currently going through the entire Beatles discography with my brother. Um, I listened to A Hard Day's Night, which was pretty good. Uh, nothing to rave about. I mean, it's pretty standard, uh, the Beatles. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, so that's uh, A Hard Day's Night. So then I listened to Satan's Court in the Act. So Satan is a UK heavy metal band from the 80s. Uh, Court in the Act is considered their magnum opus. It was released in 1983. Um, Satan, the band, are part of the new wave of British heavy metal, along with uh, other bands such as uh, Iron Maiden, um, the aforementioned Heavy Load, as well as the aforementioned Accept. Although Accept wasn't British at all. Neither was Heavy Load, so I guess those were bad examples. But uh, Iron Maiden uh, was part of the uh, new wave of British heavy metal, as well as uh, Venom, uh, which I will not talk about in this episode, but I might talk about in a future episode. Um, so according to the act, uh, the first track has somewhat of an Egypt vibe, uh, similar to Iron Maiden's Power Slave, which I have not talked about, but um, has somewhat of an Egypt, uh, ancient Egypt vibe, which I really enjoyed. Uh, the instrumentals are great. Uh, the vocals are very good. They hit quite high notes, which is uh, which is quite something. And uh, I feel like the ending was very dramatic, uh, which is not a complaint. I'm just an observation. I really liked it. And uh, yeah, so that is Satan's Court in the Act. Then, uh, so I had my thing over three days. I had a, a, a thing to attend. So I didn't really listen. I didn't listen to any new music. I just listened to uh, what I cut, what I had covered already on this podcast. So I'll just go through a brief run through. So I listened to Scream for Vengeance by Judas Priest, which I have mentioned earlier. I uh, really enjoyed this album. Um, then I listened to Yak Panzer's Ample Destruction while uh, walking in a path full of mosquitoes. That was uh, <laughs> that was fun. Um, great album. Don't really have much to say about it. Uh, then I listened to Incantations Diabolical Conquest. This album is slowly but surely becoming perhaps one of my favorite heavy metal albums. Uh, well, death metal albums. It's a, it's a great album. Uh, then I listened to Judas Priest's Stained Class, which I have mentioned in the last episode, I believe. Um, I really enjoyed it, Judas Priest. Um, then I listened to Merciful Fate's Melissa. Uh, again, Merciful Fate this is a great band. Um, I, I don't have any issues with uh, King Diamond's uh, religion, I guess, because I know that a lot of people do. Um, you know, because he's a Satanist and whatnot, I, I really don't care. Um, then I listened to Running Wild's Board Royal, which I have mentioned many times. Uh, I think I mentioned in the first episode as well, this last episode. So, uh, yeah, I think you heard my fair share of opinions on it. I feel like it's, it's a great album. Um, then I listened to Judas Priest's Sad Wings of Destiny, uh, which I have not talked about on this podcast, actually. But I think it's a, 
I didn't really write any notes on it because, again, I was on the road. Sorry, but um, it's probably one of my favorite Judas Priest albums, better than uh, Stained Class, in my opinion. In th- that's my opinion. Better than Stained Class and After Sin. Um, the vocals are great. Uh, I-, I really like some of the transitions that the band made between two songs. Like there was, I think it's Epitaph and uh, Tyrant, although I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, there's like two or three of those tracks that are. Um, like transitional tracks in that sense and uh so yeah that is um uh released in 1976 i believe like i said i didn't really write any notes on it my bad but um yeah so that is sidewings of destiny i listened to motorhead's overkill which i have mentioned in the first episode i believe uh, of course motorhead great band great album uh, love it. I listened to Undergang's Indented Avdonen, which I mentioned again in the first episode. Um, it's great. Uh, sometimes uh, there's so much distortion on the guitar, though, which is not a complaint, just an observation. Uh, then I listened to Bolt Thrower's War Master, which is probably my favorite Bolt Thrower album. Uh, my favorite track off is probably Cenotaph. Cenotaph, my bad. Um, yeah, I already talked about it again. Uh, then I listened to uh, Diamond Heads. This is something that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, but this was my second listen, but I haven't talked about it, so I'll talk about it now. I listened to Diamond Heads Lightning to the Nations, which is uh, their debut. Um, which is their debut album. Uh, their uh, UK band. Uh, this album was released in 1980. Uh, Diamond Head was part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, it has, in my opinion, this album at least has really good and memorable riffs. Um, uh, like, for example, uh, what was the track name? Oh, God damn, I didn't write it down, but it's um, Am I Evil. Uh, that riff is so memorable. I love it so much. Um, but, however, the vocals in my opinion were very boring um it's just standard heavy metal vocals which is fine but again i would have preferred something more um but uh yeah it's a good album overall pioneered heavy pioneered some heavy metal which is uh always welcome and uh yeah so that was my quick rundown of what i had what i had been listening to in like monday tuesday and wednesday when i wasn't really listening to anything new except for again diamond head which is probably the only new thing that i listened to uh, uh in those days so uh yeah then i listened to cloven hoof's debut um uh, their self-titled Cloven Hoof, uh, Cloven Hoof, a power metal band uh, from the UK. Uh, this album, their debut, was released in 1984, and um, so I feel like the title track is the first track that is is a really really great track. Um, it's probably one of my favorite uh, heavy metal tracks of all time. It's just there's so much energy in that track it's amazing and uh like pretty much every track on the album is a very epic power metal song um it has great vocals amazing guitar i don't really know what to say about it honestly um it's just it's just a great album um i highly recommend it to anyone getting into metal actually because um it's not too hard to get into i actually most heavy metal isn't hard to get into apart from maybe um, maybe Merciful Fate because of the weird vocal style of uh, King Diamond. But uh, yeah, 
that's uh, Cloven Hoof's debut. Then I listened to Black Sabbath's Master of Reality, which I have talked about in the first episode, and I think I talked about it in the last episode, although I'm not sure. But um, probably becoming one. Of, it's probably becoming my favorite uh, Black Sabbath album. Um, it's, I don't know why. It's just so good. Um, some tracks like Lord of This World, um, are probably some of my favorite tracks of all time. They're just so good. Um, the doom aspect of the of the album is probably what gets me the most. I'm a very big doom metal fan. Um, so yeah, that's Master of Reality. Then I listened to Pagan Altars Volume 1, which is also consider- coincidentally considered to be a doom metal classic. Um, Pagan Altar, a doom metal band uh, from the UK. This is their debut, I believe, based on the title of the album. I didn't really bother looking it up, but uh, because I, I just assumed I was their debut, and it probably is. Um was released in 1982. Um, the first track actually jump-scared me at first because there's like a brief intro and then there's like the guitars that kick in. It actually kind of scared me a little bit, but that was... Uh, yeah, that, that's just me, though. Uh, just be 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 warned. <laughs> and um, I, although I feel like it has a weird vocal style, a bit similar to Manila Road, where it's uh, pretty nasally, which is... Uh, okay but it takes some getting used to uh, at first it kind of threw me off but i really i re-listened to it later and i thought it was fine um uh, the instrumentals are great uh although it's doom metal but it has lots of heavy metal sprinkled in uh which is fine but i i would prefer a bit more of a pure heavy metal sound which uh i will get into uh right now actually so speaking of pure doom metal, uh, I listened to Trouble's Psalm 9, uh, also known as Trouble. When it was first released, it was um, it was called Trouble. But then on their fourth album, it was also uh, self-titled. It was also called Trouble. So then they renamed the first album to Psalm 9. Uh, but it was originally released as Trouble. Um, so this album was released in 1984. Trouble is a doom metal uh an American doom metal band, sorry. Um, and surprisingly enough, this album is actually Christian. Um, it actually ha- speaks of Christianity in a good way, unlike most metal acts. Um, I believe the members of the band uh, are or were Christian. I don't know if they're still in the band. I didn't really bother looking it up. Um, but it, to me, at least, it was surprising that Christianity, a religion known for its no metal policy, kind of. Um, I was surprised that this album melded Christianity so well with doom metal because, you know, doom metal is usually known as very sinister. Um, and it has to be, you know, it has to be sinister. That's where the doom part comes in. It's one of a very sinister subgenre of metal, probably the most sinister one. If not, I mean black metal, but that's something else. Um, but, you know, Christianity is not something we associate with being sinister. And the fact that they melded it so well together is astounding to me. I mean, most tracks only have the lyrics about Christianity. They don't actually have, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you understand, but um, they don't have like the Christianity uh, instrumentation. Like it's... It's very heavy and very sinister, um, which I really enjoyed. Has some great riffs. Um, 
it has a, it has some heavy metal sprinkled sprinkled in. Sorry, um, has great riffs, uh, great vocals. Um, I just really really like this album, and uh, yeah, that's it for Trouble, and that's it for this week.